Welcome to Living Well with Rentwell, the podcast for anybody who's thinking about getting into real estate, in real estate, and wants to take their game to the next level. I'm your co-host, TJ Hawk. And I am your co-host, Rob Coldwell. Welcome to another episode of Living Well with Rentwell. I'm your co-host, TJ Hawk. With us today is Matthew from Appfolio. How are you, Matthew? I'm great. Great to be here. Good, good. So our what we're going to talk about today is the the recession word and what that means for technology and property management companies. And Matthew, would you like to give us a little bit about you and Appfolio? Yeah, yeah. So I've been in the property management space for about 15 years, ran my own company for uh, seven years. And then uh, about 10 years ago, I moved over to Appfolio. And you know, Appfolio is a property management software company that builds accounting, maintenance, and leasing tools for property managers, uh, professional property managers. And my job at Appfolio is to really lead product innovation for people predominantly running single family and boutique multifamily portfolios. So I think about what are the key investments we need to make to make sure our customers are getting tremendous amount of value. Love it. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. And I guess, particularly on the single family side and uh, you know, our, so our investor base can be, we have purposeful investors who have the, you know, medium-sized multifamily properties. And then we also have those that own single family homes and it could be one, one property to one owner, or they may have a portfolio of 30 single family homes. Um, so kind of on that topic, what, with the potential kind of recession, whether you want to say it's here or it's coming, <laughs> does anybody ever really know where we're at in the whole life cycle? What does that mean for property management companies who are managing these assets for the investors? Yeah, I mean, the crystal ball question, right? Like, what's the future look like? I'll start by saying I think this recession has very different fundamentals than the 2008 recession. And what I mean by that is in 2008, the real estate community and even capital markets were more or less taken by surprise. You know, the Fed didn't know what to do. They had emergency meetings. Everything was moving quick. Housing prices dropped very rapidly. Large companies went out of business. And it was all because no one really understood the risk that was on the balance sheets and the default rates that were happening. Now, today, we know why we're entering into a recession. The Fed is moving the interest rates up. They're trying to stall out housing growth. They're trying to slow the economy down. And, and so I, I think because of those fundamentals, there's a lot more understanding about what's going on and there's going to be you know, potentially less people taking off guard. So because of that, uh, that doesn't mean like recession doesn't change things, right? So, so today we have housing prices not moving up as they were earlier, interest rates very, very high, but then you have listing inventory very, very low. So people aren't necessarily like offering their home for, for rent or for sale, excuse me. And, and so there's in for property management, I think this is a really good thing, right? The, in when property values were going up, you had a lot of landlords going out of, 
getting out of the market, cashing out. And so there's quite a bit of churn that was not something a property manager could stop. That's going to slow quite significantly. People are going to maintain their rental properties because it's more challenging to sell for top dollar and you're going to have to take a bit of a haircut. You're also going to see in different sectors of the economy, like specifically those that have grown really rapidly, probably some people that are a little bit backwards needing to get out of things. Um, and, and so that gives an opportunity for people that need to get out quick for a property manager to hook them up with an investor that's looking to deploy capital, or it's also an opportunity for someone that can't sell to rent their property instead of, of sell the property. While, while, while rents have softened a bit, um, they're still at historic highs. Like there's no, no avoiding the housing affordability crisis that is in this nation. It's very real and very loud. So, so those are some high level thoughts on what recession might mean. Yeah. Well, my, so I read somewhere uh, back when we were starting the company that the property management companies were born out of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Banks took all these properties back and basically had no idea what to do with them. And this is really where the industry was born. And I think if, you know, if you're an investor listening to this particular show and you have a property, I think it's also just being very cautious of, um, we love real estate agents. We're partnered with a lot of them. What we're finding is some get into this space because now their sales volume is down. So they're saying, oh, well, we can help you rent your property too. I just think that you want to be very specific that when you partner with whoever's going to manage your properties, that they really know what they're doing. And I think this is the value of finding a, a company or an individual even who's purely focused on property management activities and then not getting distracted when the market turns back around. Now we're going to go back to sales and kind of drop the service level to the clients. And uh, I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts to that. If you see anything happening in that space. I I couldn't agree with that sentiment more. I mean, I, I find that real estate people in real estate sales in the buy sell side, have a certain set of skills that don't necessarily translate to property management as as effectively. Property management is a very operationally heavy business with lots of nuance, lots of different regulations, lots of I's to dot, T's to cross. And, and it's very customer service heavy where real estate buy sell is, is a lot more of a sales sort of transaction. And it's much more of a like transactional relationship Great buy-sell agents do good at building relationships, but when the house is sold, they're just trying to nurture until there's another buy-sell event. They're not collecting rent every month, making sure they place the right tenant so that there's less default. Maintenance is a big issue. Oh yeah, I mean, We could probably talk a bit about maintenance and rising costs and how do you even think about that? What I see is one of the biggest assets property managers have is their their Rolodex of maintenance vendors or their ability to even have their own techs come in and fix things quickly and effectively. Yes. So yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more just because you know your real estate agent doesn't mean they're the right property manager for you. Pick up the phone, call three people, 
figure out who makes sense for what you you're looking to to do with your your asset. So how do you think property managers could make the most out of the recession? <clears throat> Are there any opportunities that you see where they could really serve? Uh, maybe we just use the word accidental landlord, you know, somebody who tried to sell the property and couldn't, or as things are opening back up, maybe they're able to travel and they're relocating for work for a couple years. They don't want to sell the property. So, you know, but they also don't want to have that mortgage every month coming out of pocket. So we, we call them accidental landlords. Right. Um, any, any opportunity you see there for the management side to really maybe use the word capitalize on this, but serve their clients really well? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think definitely big opportunities there. Understanding what is happening in the rental market is is really, really important when you're making a decision to sell your property or rent it, right? If, if you're only leaving the market temporarily, talking to a real estate agent that is very like grounded in what's going on from a buy sell perspective is really important just so you understand how many days is it going to be on the market? What is the, what are the comps that I could realistically expect? What's worst case scenario? What's best case scenario? You should have that same conversation with a property manager. How long are units staying on market? Vacancy is getting challenging in certain markets right now. Is that true for the market you're in? How long are they seeing units stay on market? What's a realistic amount of rent um, that you can expect to get? And, and how does that grow over time? What does the time horizon look like? And what's the right investment choice? So like when I speak with property managers that I think are on, on their game, they're really helping the, the asset owner who might be renting for the first time their unit understand what, what types of returns they should expect, why there's some interesting tax advantages. You know, if they're a high income person, this could be a really great thing from a tax perspective. It, it just really depends on the situation. And property managers should be thought leaders and providing content to the market, both to the, you know, the general market, but also uh, real estate agents creating the right partnerships with those real estate agents on the buy sell side so that they get the right referrals and the right conversations so that customers are at the end of the day taken care of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. That's, we do our best that if we have a referral that came over, so a client referral from another real estate agent, you know, we say that we will, when they're ready to sell, we'll send them back. Mm -hmm. um, that's, we just, we really, do our best to stay focused on placing the right tenant. We, our name is Rentwell Lease Manage Maintain. It's really those three things, right? Finding, matching the right tenant to the right property. Sure. Taking all the incoming maintenance calls and hopefully assigning the right vendor to the right problem. And mm -hmm. then the daily management, rent collections and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. What? So technology seems to kind of, as of recently, be the big conversation in the space. <clears throat> I think we were just talking a little bit before the show about all these different third-party applications that are out there, solutions that are out there. And there's even a lot of acquisitions going on right now in the property management space where you have some of the larger firms, you know, buying the, maybe call it the smaller mom and pop uh, offices here and there. Mm -hmm. And some are attempting to build their own software, 
claiming that that's what's going to make them different. Others have partnered with a lot of different softwares and do their best to integrate them. But I, I guess my question is, how are you seeing technology change, perhaps for the better, in the last couple of years to really help property managers service their clients the best that they can? What I've been seeing in the market is an influx of VC funds being deployed for prop tech startups. So prop tech is, is property technology for real estate, property management, et cetera. And there's a decent amount of venture capital dollars that are funding these startups, which started probably 2015, 16, 17. And a few of these companies have really emerged as leaders providing really great solutions to property managers that are best in breed point solutions, really driving quite a bit of value. And then most recently, you've seen big platforms that have done accounting system of record type stuff, right? Like accounting, property management, basics, maintenance and leasing, open up and integrate. So Appfolio earlier this year, we launched our stack marketplace where we're integrating with a lot of these solutions. You saw that from our competitors shortly thereafter. And so you're going to see technology evolve so that these solutions are more integrated and working together data is transferring between them more effectively and ultimately the the end user benefits from this you know a big platform like us there's more opportunities than we know what to do with so we have to pick the ones that we believe are going to benefit our customers the most and that leaves opportunities for other types of companies to emerge and provide great value and so we want to extend that value to our customers by bringing them on to our integration marketplace, right? And, and I think that will continue. You mentioned operators building their own technology. I think that's, it's, it's like very interesting that these, what, what you would call like a national scaled operator, right? They have 10 to 40,000 units across the United States in you know, 10 to 60 metros across the United States. They're trying to get operational consistency and operational leverage, and they've not seen technology that exists today allow them to scale to that, that degree. Now, building technology from the ground up is very, very challenging and very, very expensive. I think the, the verdict's out, whether they're successful at getting the, the leverage that they need from those investments, or if these large platforms like Appfolio with more integrated marketplaces are actually going to solve that need. But it is clear to me that the market hasn't solved the need for these larger operators in a meaningful way over the past few years, which is why they've been able to grow. And it now comes down to execution and, and we'll, we'll see what the next five years kind of brings out for there. Yeah. That's, I, I appreciate you sharing that insight. I, the question that's going through my head is if I'm a property owner looking for a property management company, it's like two questions are going through my head. What technology do I care about? So I'm curious if, if you have any insight, like what are property owners looking for? on the tech side and even 
what questions should I be asking? If I'm looking to hire a property management company and there's some newer names popping up that I haven't heard of because of different, you know, mergers and acquisitions going on, how do I know if I'm partnering with a company that claims to have the technology, claims to have uh, all the support that I need versus a company that really does? You know, maybe they've been around for a while, they've tested and proven that the technology works because our really in this space, speed is the currency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The faster that a property management company can solve maintenance needs, respond to owners inquiries, collect the rent, certainly the fast, the faster they can place a tenant into a property, which all utilizes technology. I guess that's what I'd be curious to hear. Like, do you have any insight on what are you looking for? So maybe this isn't what you're expecting, but my, my answer to this is if I'm a property owner looking for a property management company, I wouldn't care at all about the, the, the technology. I would care about what outcomes the property management company is able to deliver to me. And the outcomes I would care about are a lot of those things you just mentioned. How quickly are you able to turn a unit? How fast are you responding to maintenance requests? Do you have a proactive maintenance program where you can help me find competitive rates with vendors during low seasons for routine maintenance on HVAC, things like that? How are you helping me manage my maintenance costs down? And maybe this does dovetail with technology to some degree. How transparent are you able to make my property, the performance of my asset? How clear are you communicating? And uh, maybe this like dates me, so not everyone's going to think this, but I would rather see stuff and be able to access information on my own time than have to pick up the phone and call. I just don't have time during the day to pick up the phone and and call or text or whatever. So how much is self-service and accessible to me? I think that property owners absolutely need to understand how tech forward that is, the company is, but they don't need to really understand what the technology does. They just need to understand what the outcomes are because I guess the reason why technology is important to, to somewhat evaluate is uh, if you have someone running, you know, spreadsheets and post-it notes and the, the, it just doesn't scale, right? It's hard to communicate and there's going to be inefficiencies. So there's a baseline level of like, do they have purpose-built software, et cetera, that does these things. But, but outside of that, if I'm a property owner, I'm more focused on what outcomes, what can you deliver to me as a, a, a customer? And what type of return do you expect me to get by paying you your management fee as opposed to either self-managing or going with a different company? Yeah. I love the response. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a service-based company. So it's how well can you service the needs and not necessarily just hide behind technology. I I mean, like what I've seen is you do see these large national operators deploying technology to bring operational efficiency, but you also see some of these large, a, a different set of operators that are not necessarily building technology. They're still they're they're buying technology from providers like Appolio, et cetera, but they're leveraging a remote workforce. 
and they're able to deploy a very high quality service by leveraging remote workforce at an affordable price. And so they're actually able to up their level of service because they can access global talent that's high quality global talent at a price point that makes them able to deliver a great service at a, a affordable price, right? So yeah. that, that's another strategy that I've seen deployed really effectively in, in the market. So that makes me think, I, when, when you talk about talent across the globe, are you seeing any shifts in property management companies in the way that they operate? I see a lot of virtual assistant uh, marketing going on out there to find help, a lot, just a lot of different things. So I'm curious, maybe from Atfolio side or where you sit, are you seeing any changes in the way property managers are attempting to operate or change their business? Yeah, I mean, COVID accelerated this. It, it was something that was going on pre-COVID, um, but COVID accelerated the trend of remote work and global talent quite significantly. You're, you're seeing property managers adopt cloud-based technology. And, and at this point, it's, it's sort of like assumed you have it if you're just doing the property management job. And that allows them to have a much more distributed remote workforce that could be located in different parts of the world. And so that there's a huge acceleration. There's tons of talk in the industry about that. And, and honestly, I'm, I think the industry is talking about this in, in a really positive, productive way. They're looking at global talent to, because there's really, really good talent outside the United States and they can provide a really, really great high quality service that is quite frankly, hard to do today. The service industry is is a very hard industry to attract, retain um, high quality talent in the United States right now. And every service industry, you know, so many articles about that, right? Everywhere. And so um, property managers are in a, a nice situation in which they can outsource a lot of these jobs to remote team members that live somewhere else that are sometimes accountants, lawyers, etc., and they're able to be affordable. So, which, if you put on your ownership hat of a property management company, is really kind of nice because I still feel like, look, I can only speak from my experience, but I feel like we are still in a space where all other costs around us are rising, but investors don't want their management fees to increase. They don't want, you know, right. the reality is with the turnover. In fact, I think Appfolio put out a report and I believe the number was expect to lose 25% of your property management staff every three years, mm -hmm. some, some crazy number like that. And, and so the challenge is, well, how do you afford talented individuals whose salaries have now gone up I'll use the word exponentially over two years ago and still have just a 7% management fee or 8% because the differential between rents increasing and what salaries are isn't enough really to cover that cost. So the idea of if you can outsource in some ways, you know, that could help coming back to technology. Can that help? Uh, 
you know, I know our, our biggest challenge right now is for every 200 doors we sign up, we have to hire a new property manager. Mm -hmm. How can you shift that? You know, right. I'm glad you, that conversation's happening. You need operational leverage. And the way you do that is, is deploy cheaper labor or technology, right? Yeah. Yep. What, a, so I'm curious, do you have any thoughts on retaining talent? Is, is that in your department? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a whole podcast in and of itself, probably. But yeah. but I, I would say that we've been through probably, in my professional life, the hardest few years of talent retention that I've ever seen. It's been very, very challenging because there's people that actually love the job they do for you that are leaving because they're getting paid 2x to go somewhere else. Right. That slowed quite a bit. Uh, How the, do you start to... Absolutely. Absolutely. Like the back to the recession, what can we expect out of the recession? I think we can expect wage growth as well as employee retention to be to move more towards the employer's favor. You know, the last two years, the employee held all of the cards, all of them, 100 percent of them. And what the employer could do was you know, build a great culture, try to be as competitive possible with wage growth and try to grow the employees skills and, and, and whatnot. Like I, I do know engaged employees want to continue to grow. They want to continue to be challenged. Um, they want to continue to find success. They want to feel like they're autonomous and empowered. And so creating that culture in an environment is really important for retention. Just hard to do when they're getting offers that are 2x what what they're making. So I, I expect that to slow down. I've, we've already seen it slow down in, in our business. And we've seen we've heard from property managers that it slowed down and stabilized a bit. That I would expect continues. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Well, it, the hard part is when you are, uh, I'll just use like a company like ours versus if there's somebody that is backed by a venture capital firm or an angel investor, they absolutely can offer higher salary rates and may, maybe better benefit packages. It, we can't compete with that. And, totally. uh, you know, that's, it is a challenge. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that brings up something that I think about a lot and you're seeing like a trend in property management of property management companies buying other property management companies, right? And some of those are VC backed. Some of them are doing it with debt. Some of them are doing it with private equity money, but there's definitely consolidation going on. And there's more national operators than there ever was before, right? Like in the multifamily side, you hear like Graystar, they're the Everyone wants to do business with Graystar because they're huge and have multifamily everywhere. There's not been that in single family. That's not been a thing that exists. And so now you have probably eight to 10 companies racing to try to be the Graystar of single family. Right. It's interesting to see how this all plays out. I, I think the accidental landlord or the small time investor right now is still better served by local operators who understand the market have access to deal flow and and can ultimately like really serve them because right the business owner is in the market and the business owner cares deeply about yeah. business being successful 
where these national operators are interesting is they're going to help institutional capital deploy their cash that's currently on the sidelines, right? Like institutions want to write 50, $100 million checks. They want to deploy capital quickly and it's, and they want to do it in single family. They just can't figure out how to do that at scale. So if you find an operator who's in 25 different markets, you might be able to deploy $50 million worth of capital over a period of a year. I, I, I think that's actually good for the smaller time investor because they're going to be able to access deal flow through relationships, right? Real estate's very relational. If you can get access to deal flow and let institutions prop up prices, you can make quite a bit of money just because you know more yeah, than, <laughs> than the big guys. So I, going back to recession, I, I think you're not going to see the same level of opportunity in 2008, but there's going to be for those people that have good networks, quite a bit of deals that make sense. I wouldn't wait for the bottom. I would wait till the deal pencils out and then buy. Once you can get the deal to pencil, buy what you can. You might buy as it's falling. You might buy, but who cares if it pencils out, make it happen. Yeah, and right. There's just, too many long-term tailwinds for single family to if you can buy and hold like do it because you have housing shortage you have institutional capital with so much money on the sidelines right now just looking to deploy it somewhere find these deals buy them you'll do well over a 10-year period for sure yeah you know, as long as you can make them pencil out, which is super hard right now, right? <laughs> when you got to pay seven, eight, nine percent interest, and housing prices haven't dropped that much, it's remarkable. It's very hard, but you know, off-market deals, building your network, like that's what I would do if I was uh, really wanting to deploy my money right now. Just building my network and trying to figure out what things make sense for me, whenever they might become available. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, Matthew, I, I appreciate your time here. We're, we're about, we're about up. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we do wrap up? Always looking to meet new people. Hit me up on LinkedIn. If you want Matthew Cottitz, last name is K-A-D-D-A-T-Z. Love to chat with you. And if you want to learn more about Appfolio, you can head to our website, appfolio.com. Um, we have a blog with good information about industry, etc. Got a great piece of software um, if you're interested in it. And thanks for the time. This was a fun conversation. Of course, appreciate you making making it out. I know you're a busy guy, and thank you for sharing what what you're seeing happening in the industry right now. Yeah, for sure. We'll chat soon. Thank you for listening to Living Well with Rentwell. We hope you loved that episode. Please be sure to head over to our website at rentwell.com backslash vision. We're giving away our free program called Vision Through Purposeful Action. If you're a busy person, if you struggle with finding the time and priorities, or if you're experiencing procrastination and overwhelm, this free course will help you with that. We wish you a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in and check in later.